Working out is just half the equation to living a healthy lifestyle. Nutrition is the other half. You should be a complete trainer. By mastering nutrition with the National Academy of Sports Medicine, you can become just that. As a certified nutrition coach, you'll be able to provide guidance to clients seeking to improve their body composition, athletic performance, and their health through carefully crafted nutrition programs that take age, culture, socioeconomic status, and more into account. Why wait? Start helping clients live their healthiest lives. Sign up for your nutrition certification today at nasm.org slash cnc or call 1-800-460-6276. Hello, everybody. This is Ken Miller, and I'm with my friend Wendy Batts, and here we are for another edition of Reddit. This episode, we are here to talk about foam rolling. So this is how we roll, guys. This is how we roll, <laughs> right? That's right. That's right. I'm excited. Yeah. And uh, one of the reasons why you're excited, as I'm hoping that you're as excited about this as I am, is the fact that when we talk about foam rolling, and there's a lot about foam rolling to be excited about, especially when it comes to moving better, and performing better is the fact that there is so many applications for this technique, um, so many. And I think uh, from a fitness standpoint, we've only scratched the surface as far as um, when people use it, how people picture using and, and the application of foam rolling. So when, when we talk about foam rolling, yeah, it might sound a little geeky to think, okay, who can get excited about foam rolling? Well, when when you've had as many issues body-wise, you know, shoulders, hips, knee, how many times I've sprained an ankle, and and once I've incorporated foam rolling into my regular routine as far as what I need to do to wake up in the morning and get my day going or even and and of course to to work out, foam rolling is just one of those things that just it's a it's a game changer. It is. And you know what? I think it takes uh, it takes practice. And I think once you have kind of a body of knowledge of why you should do it, when people first initially start, I know with myself um, as well as with my clients, it's painful. It can be absolutely painful. But the thing is, is you have to stick with it because if it's painful, I mean, as we all know, just like even when you start an exercise routine, even though the exercises seem basic, there is a carryover that can obviously, you know, when you're doing it can lead to pain. And so, um, but it just lets your body, your body's letting you know, this is how important it is. And the more that you stick with it, the more that you do it, the more it actually starts to feel good. And, um, and, and that's kind of the, the big kind of, I think, thing we're going to talk about is how can you get to the point to where it actually feels good and like you're getting a massage and that you can do it any time of day at home, anywhere, um, it's portable. There's so many benefits, and and I'm really excited to kind of dig a little bit deeper. So if you're new to foam rolling, or if you just have tried it and you don't like it, let's kind of take you know, let's go back. Let's talk about where it started, and and uh, you know, things to think about because maybe you're using a roller that you shouldn't be using um, from from the you know from the start. Maybe you're using something too big or too hard, or you know, something that's just uh, your body's not agreeing with. And so, so I'm excited right. to cover some of those topics today. So you mentioned the the history of foam rolling, and mm -hmm. and I think just to put it in context, uh, you know, now that we're able to get into facilities and actually work out, um, you know, one of those things when you know when I'd go into a gym, you know, you go into the the stretch area, right, and you'll see the mats laid out, and then you'll see maybe some rollers sitting on the wall or just sitting on the floor, um, but a lot of people just tend to walk by that. Right. Or you'll have those that just can't get off of it. Right. They, they're on it all the time. And then you have those that don't use it. So let's if you can kind of take us back. Wow. 15, 20 years now, as far as your experience with with us, uh, with um, using a foam roller to how we got here today, where it's it's almost commonplace you'll see that in the gyms and health clubs and I'm coming across more and more new clients that already have a foam roll they just don't know how to use it properly so Wendy since you've had early exposure to using 
uh, foam rollers um, as part of a fitness and a strength conditioning routine. Why don't you tell us about how the, the foam roller got implemented into the fitness industry? Absolutely. Well, my experience started actually before you know, NASM even implemented the OPT model. Um, I was very fortunate and my mentor was Dr. Mike Clark and he was doing a ton of different research on the methodology of what the NASM OPT model is today. But at the time, you know, he was bringing, you know, bringing in all these different concepts and trying it out with our athletes and trying it out with some of our, our, um, you know, uh, patients that were coming in for rehab. And so uh, one of the, I will never forget the day he walks in and he's holding a, you know, a three foot foam roller. And of course, for me, I'm like, why is he bringing in like a science project? You know, like back in the day when you used to make the globes and everything like that for school and, you know, talk about this is earth and this is, you know, this is Mars and, and, and they were made of foam. I was like, why is he bringing in this roller? And um, and so that's kind of when I actually was introduced. It was around the 1999, 2000. So of course it was a very long time ago and it was something that you just never really saw in fitness. And so, you know, I credit Mike bringing the foam rollers really into the fitness world because I mean, it's been in physical therapy for a long time and how therapists use it for, you know, they used it for many different reasons. And so it's not like foam rolling was this brand new concept. However, it was very brand new in fitness. And so, you know, he kind of showed us how to use it. And I remember the very first time I used it, I'm like, man, this thing, it's painful. And he's like, you know what, when you find a, t you know, a, a tender area, just sit down and marinate on it and don't move. And it was like, the more that I did that each and every day, I'm like, man, this, there's something to this. And, and again, you know, there's now a ton of research that's out there. Um, that kind of shows the purpose of what a roller does and why we use it and everything. But at the time, it was it was very cutting edge because again, it wasn't something that you saw. It was not anything that when you did walk into the gym that you saw in the corner or saw people using. And so, you know, it's kind of it's great to see just in 20 years how much we've grown as an industry and how we've learned to accept these concepts. And um, and then now looking at all the different benefits they could provide. So, so yeah, around 1999, 2000, that's when, that's when the, the rolling started. <laughs> right. And even back in the day, I know me, you, uh, Marty Miller, Rick Ritchie, and, you know, we, you know, we joke this sometimes because, you know, back in the day, um, when we got exposed to foam rolling and we realized how much of a benefit it, it had towards how we felt and how we performed during that workout, you know, we wound up being those, those, those guys, we were those guys that brought in our own rollers. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, you, you know, just like, you know, you'd carry around like a gym bag or you'd have like a little, little cubby that they'd have set aside for the members just to put some, you know, your sweatshirts and stuff. That's where the roller would go in between warming up and then cooling down. So, well, yeah, we would be those guys. Um, and you'd also, you know, and at that time you get the looks, you get the funny looks. The looks. Like, that? <laughs> yeah, the looks. What is this person is doing on this piece of phone? What is he doing? <laughs> and he doesn't look like he's having a good time on that thing. So <laughs> why is he doing it? And then, you know, of course, you know, then you get your clients to get on it. And then, you know, of course they make the investment and they buy one and they bring it home. And the next thing you know, they're, they're doing it with their, their, their spouse and their kids are foam rolling and, and everybody's feeling good. But yes, I mean, I mean, it, it was, I remember it was, it was a time where you, you were the, um, the forerunner to, to a special or a specific technique. And that's when you're like, Oh, that's, that's, that looks a little funny to me and it doesn't look like it's a good time. So why is he, why is he doing it? Well, um, and we, we would also get, you know, when it first came out again, people are like, Oh, this is another like fad or just another tool that's going to come and go. And so the fact that, right. you know, it has shown to, you know, it is proven to really benefit, you know, people in the fitness side, again, you know, physical therapists and, and, 
you know, other uh, practitioners were using it in the past. So again, it's not that, you know, Dr. Clark is this, you know, he invented the foam roller because that's not what I'm saying at all. But the fact that he did bring it into, you know, into fitness and put it into a, mm -hmm. a model and showing a systematic progression along, you know, just exercise routines and techniques and stuff like that. And then showing benefits again for warm up and, you know, doing the warm up as well as the cool down. I think, I mean, again, I find it fascinating. And, you know, again, you've got to think, you know, yeah. back then, 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, so, um, but you know what, can we keep talking about foam rolling? So how about this? Why don't you like, why don't we take a step back and let's talk about like, what, <laughs> what is, a, you know, what is it like, you know, what's, what's the purpose? So when you say foam rolling, what are we, what are we doing on that roller? Well, what's, I mean, there's, there's a, you know, when, when it came to, putting the information together to do this podcast, you know, I started reading and actually called our good friend, Dr. Scott Cheatham about it, uh, because between him and, and Dr. Kyle Stahl, they've done quite a bit of research when it comes to foam rolling. And it's funny that, you know, for as long as we've been using this, um, a lot of research has come up over the last, even as recently within the last two years about how the different nuances of foam rolling actually help improve flexibility and range of motion. So um, a few things that are out there. One, um, you know, a lot of times we used to say, uh, yeah, we're, we're getting the muscles to release or what we used to call self myofascial release. But the thing about it is we don't exactly know what, you know, what's being released if you were to say something like that. So, so, so what's actually releasing? Well, now we're, now we're talking about more self myofascial technique as the as the terminology goes for for using the foam roller, and again, when we when we talk about foam rolling, it's just like um, kind of like uh, tissue is to you know facial cloth, right? Or Xerox is to photocopying. Foam rolling is a modality that's representative of a technique that you're using. So foam roller, just to give you a little visual. So if you don't know what one is, this is a trigger point grid. Right. And it's basically an implement that you would use to uh, apply your body weight onto it. So I would sit on the foam roller or lay on the foam roller, whatever body part it, it is that I'm actually trying to get some uh, relaxation out of. So let's just say I'm seated and I'm laying my calf on uh, on the foam roller. And what's really happening there is we're, we're, we're changing what we would say is the viscoless viscoelastic say that 10 times viscoelastic properties of of the fascial tissue so what that means is that as we're laying there and as wendy says you're going to you're going to sit on there for 20 to 30 seconds or even longer but what we're really trying to do is change the viscosity basically that's how how fluid moves through the tissue so as we change the the viscosity you'll actually have you know the fluid will be more i guess but we'll go through the tissues more fluidly, right? So there's going to be less, less friction, but we also changing, you know, the density of the tissue to, to improve um, range of motion and movement. So just think it's, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of, I mean, what's, there's, there's a lot of analogies out there, but if you think about it, it's like uh, now, now we have, you know, you have a little bit more lubrication between the tissues. So as the tissues move, if you've been sitting down a while, um, the area can get a little dehydrated and to, to kind of sit on there or apply self myofascial technique. Now I'm sitting on there and now I'm going to improve the viscoelasticity. So now fluid and, uh, hydration is going to improve through the tissue. Um, and also you add in the fact that you've got your body weight on there. So now with that added pressure, you're going to have a say a neurological uh, say downturn or so you're going to have less excitation to the area which means that if it's a if it's been observed as an overactive area or an area that's chronically tight you can actually downregulate um, some of the the nervous impulses to that general region which now allows you a greater degree of freedom because now you're not going to have as much tension in the muscle so when we're applying Oh, my, I mean, that's a long answer for that question. And, um, <laughs> but when, when you start, because I'm sitting here, I've got my notes in front of me. It's like, which words do I pick here? But I mean, we're talking about 
hydration. We're talking about uh, autogenic inhibition, which is one of the terms that you'll you'll find in in the NASM textbooks as far as what's happening to get the muscles to relax. And that's just the proprioceptors communicating with each other and basically getting the muscles to relax. So there, there's a few things in play. So when we when I say there's a lot of words, so there's there's actually quite a bit of action going on as far as what is contributing to that area to relax and move better when all you did was just sit on a piece of plastic or foam, right? Right. So I don't know when it's it's just one of those things when you when you're talking to somebody you you know you just you want to keep it simple but I just say hey you're helping the muscles relax you're helping with um, how fluid runs through the area and then when you try to move or try to stretch then there's going to be less resistance than if you didn't use a foam roller. Right. And I mean, you know, I think too, all that you said was, you know, pretty spot on. I mean, it does seem like it's all complicated, but the body is this this crazy machine um, that protects it, you know, protects itself. And so again, you know, the, the reason why we need something like this is because think about, you know, when you're sitting, you know, sitting at work all day or you're driving in a car all day or, you know, you're, you know, you're sitting in front of a computer working. I mean, just all of these compensations can occur and your body thinks that that's like the new norm and that's like what's normal. So when you foam roll, that direct pressure itself can help induce, you know, basically, a you know, a uh, for, for the lack of it, like a stretch tolerance where you're going to get greater is going to induce a stretch tolerance so it's going to you know kind of increase the um you know the length back into the tissue as well so you know it's kind of telling the brain or whatever like hey we need this stretch so um you know yeah. so so it's really kind of retraining the central nervous system um kind of the short and skinny of it but but again, you know, if you start out using it, um, you know, I tell everyone, if you've never tried it, you really should try it because the the benefits that you can get are amazing. And I know, you know, I've touched on it and you've touched on it. But, you know, the thing is, is, you know, when the most important thing is, is if you can identify what is overactive. And so and the best way to identify that is, you know, do different types of assessments and whether you're working with a trainer or you want to try to look in the mirror and see how you move. If you can identify those muscles that are causing those compensations, that means those muscles are overactive and they're not in the proper length that they were intended to be in. And so they're, quote, tight to the general public. That's what, you know, most people say, oh, this is tight. Well, yeah, I mean, it's overactive, meaning it's in a shortened position. And so the foam roll really does help increase you know, that stretch in there. So when you then apply the static stretching, you're going to have a better outcome before you start to, to activate the other areas that allowed it. So, um, you know, one of the, one of the common things that I see though, it kills me. Like when people are foam rolling and they're new to it, they think of it in their mind, like a rolling pen, you know, so you've got this big right. pile of dough and we're telling yeah. them like, let's break up those knots, which again, you know, those adhesions knots, I mean, there's a lot more to it than just that, but the, you know, that's kind of what we hear, um, you know, out there like, oh, you're breaking up knots and adhesions, which, you know, we know is a little bit different. Um, however, because right. they, they visually think that in their mind, they're going to think, oh, it's like a rolling pin. Um, and they'll start to go back and forth as fast as they possibly can. And that's actually right. what you don't want to do because then you're going to overexcite that tissue and never get that relaxation. And, um, you know, so, so if you do, decide you're going to foam roll and if you're going to try it again because you've tried it and you're going to give it another shot after watching this this is how we roll episode right. then just find it if it's tender sit and marinate on it for 20 to 30 seconds or until that pain feels yeah. like it's it's reduced i mean again to your point it could take two minutes you know but the thing is is right i tell everyone if you've got time to watch television you've got time to roll so you know um right while you're while you're watching tv or if you have any downtime um, you know, just grab the roller and, and do it. So. Yeah. And that know. was, you know, it's funny you say that because I was watching, what was I watching on Netflix? Uh, Social <laughs> Dilemma. Uh, yeah. oh, <laughs> yes. And it's, it's one of those, it's one of those things where, you, you know, you put the kids to bed and then you're like, okay, I, I have time to watch a documentary, but I tell you what, watching that show. Um, and then there's Mandalorian, of course, but uh <laughs> That those are cheap opportunities that you have to kind of just sit there, whether you're going to, you know, get your glutes, get your hamstrings, get your calves, quads, lats. I mean, you're going to sit there anyway. You might as mm -hmm. well be <laughs> sitting on something. And, you know, whether or not you stretch afterwards, whether or not you take advantage of that relaxed state and, and, and 
get some length out of the the area that you're that you just foam rolled. Uh, that's you know that's you know it's great if you do it, but you know what? Anytime you can seize an opportunity to um, take stress out of the body, especially in these times, um, and not just you know emotionally and mentally, but also from the physical act of sitting down um, and behind the computer. So if you're distance learning like my kids are, they're doing more sitting now than they've ever done in their lives. Mm -hmm. And hopefully it's one of those things that kind of breaks up um, sooner than later. But, you know, if you can watch TV, watch a movie, and that's the thing I, I could well, I can put on a two hour movie and get a whole series of a total body foam rolling session in. And I, I don't need to watch the clock because I, go off of the feel. So to your point, Wendy, you know, sit on there until the tension goes away. But if you're not a clock watcher and you're just, you know, you're kind of diving into the movie, I can just get onto a spot and hopefully that spot on a on a pain scale of one to 10, 10 being absolutely painful. I want to get somewhere that's about a six or a seven, something that's tender enough, but still tolerable enough for me to sit on there. And as you say, you want to marinate for a little while until that six or a seven calms down to about a three or a four. And then that's when you know it's time for you to move on to another spot in that area or go to a different body part. But mm -hmm. you know, that's what that's one of the keys. Any opportunity that you have to to perform the technique and realize the fact that okay, I have calmed down. The muscles have calmed down, the tissues have relaxed, and now it's time to do something else, right? Whether it's stretching or foam rolling into another spot. But you know, the thing about foam rolling, as as many benefits as it has, the one thing that we also need to understand is just like everything else when it comes to fitness and movement, not everybody's qualified to take advantage of a foam roller or the self-myofascial mm -hmm. technique. Just because it is body weight, you are applying tension into the body, but not every situation allows for safe uh, foam rolling. So yeah, I mean, um, you and, yeah. I was going to say, you know, to the, to that point, you know, that's that's a great time to really talk about contraindications. And so, you know, I mean, obviously, if you're not sure. Um, and you've got anything and we're just going to rattle off because, I mean, there are some things to think about. So we're just going to give you some yeah. kind of like a, an overall like things um, that if, if we say something that you want to get cleared with your medical uh, professional. But, you know, it's like, how does your body respond when you get a deep tissue massage? Because, again, you're giving a deep tissue massage to yourself. But after you buy the roller, every time you do that, you're doing it for free. You know, so I always say that. And, and again, as me as a licensed right. massage therapist, I'm taken away from yeah. you know, business at times or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But I tell people, I'm like, you right. know what, my job is to help you. And if you could roll every day and do, quote, your your homework, then you're going to end up, you know, having so many more benefits long term. You're going to feel better. You're going to move better. And you're going right. to have better flexibility, better range of motion. And I mean, mm -hmm. and that's that's basically what what this inhibition will help elicit is greater range of motion throughout the joint. And so, you know, if you've got hypertension, if you're on blood thinners, if you um, you know, you just had surgery, obviously you don't want to you know get into that surgical area at all. Um, osteopenia, definitely osteoporosis and yeah. um, cancer patients. If you're coming out of you know chemo, you've got to think your body, your immune system's already pretty low. So you know. Um, you know, when you're starting to break up some of that stuff, your body might not uh, feel that great afterwards. Um, and, and, and pregnancy. Right. And so that, you know, pregnancy is a big one. Um, you know, I obviously have been pregnant and there were so many benefits of using the roller when I was pregnant because I had so much pain in my, in my lower back. And so if I would roll my piriformis, I felt like so much relief. Um, because it really did feel good because again, you know, I've got this big lump in front of my stomach and, you know, I was had more of an arch in my lower back. And so just releasing some of those muscles that were, mm -hmm. you know, pretty much tense all day, um, didn't feel great. However, um, you know, we, we put pregnancy on there because think about positioning. Um, you don't want to be face down and put that excess stress on your spine. If you're like in a plank position doing, you know, doing something and you're holding yourself up, maintaining, you know, good alignment. So obviously being face down after a certain amount of weeks is kind of frowned upon anyway, just because of, you know, reasons obviously for the baby as well as yourself. And, and again, the amount of weight, um, but, you know, and, and again, there's people that say about the medial calf, you know, there's some people that say, that that swear by their, you know, obviously a trigger point in your medial calf can induce labor. 
I don't personally know if that's true, but I'll tell you this at, at you know, at 49 or 39 weeks, I was rolling my medial calf as much as I could cause I was ready and nothing happened. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. again, there may be truth to it, but you know, we obviously would tell you to avoid that because again, if, if, if it could trigger something, obviously you don't want that, especially, you know, if you're still baking early in, in the early days, you know, so, yeah. Um, and I'm sure I'm missing a few. Um, are there any other ones like just top of mind you can think of? Uh, you, yeah, you, you hit the big ones, you know, especially with, um, I mean, basically neuropathy, they can't feel tension. Right. They can't feel pain. They don't, that, that pain scale of one to 10, they don't, they don't know what that is. Right. So it could mm -hmm. be, they could be applying a lot more pressure than what's actually happening. Uh, circulatory issues, diabetes, um, things like that. Uh, but if there's veins. any doubt, you know, yeah, varicose veins, raised varicose mm -hmm. veins especially. Um, but again, if there's any doubt, um, this is something that you do want to refer out to your medical, allied medical professional. So just go see your doctor and uh, see if there's if they have any questions about that. But the one thing I'll add that's not on that list of contraindications, Wendy, is is um, I don't want to say obesity, but anybody who has issues getting up and down off of the floor and getting onto a foam roller, that can be that can be a little bit of an issue as well. Not not so much from a physical standpoint, because if they don't have uh, you know hypertension, high blood pressure, and you know all those other contraindications, but they're they're relatively healthy. But getting getting down onto the floor and getting up can sometimes be a little bit tedious uh, for some people just because, you know, some people, you know, you have to prop them up or you have to have a bench nearby something that they can get themselves up off of the ground with. Right. So, you know, just being, I guess, considerate and conscious mm -hmm. about someone's ability to actually use the tool. Um, not maybe not a contraindication, but something as if you're a fitness professional trying to guide somebody, to use a foam roller, um, that's something just to be aware of. But also, if you're just, you know, an uh, an avid exerciser and want to use this technique, um, the one workaround is just, you know, put the roller on a table or on a bench, and see what you can do from that vantage point. Because if if getting on the floor, which is typically where you're going to use a roller or a ball or whatever the implement is. Um, you know, that's that's just something to keep in mind when it comes to, you know, when should a person, you know, maybe look at other options. Because the one thing we can't forget, Wendy, is that self-myofascial technique is a complement to what we would do to help improve the length of a muscle. So by doing a static stretch, you can still get length out of a muscle. So you don't have to foam roll to stretch better whereas just doing a static stretch will help you get more flexibility so um and that's come up in discussions with personal trainers where some of them are conditioned to the fact that i have to foam roll before i stretch well if you static stretch you're gonna get you're gonna get the same result maybe not as uh, maybe not as as high or as as good a result but you're still gonna get the result so I think um, just being conscious of someone's ability to use the tool. So getting up, getting down, whether someone's obese or maybe they're elderly, which to your point with osteoporosis, osteopenia, sometimes that would supersede anything that, that would um, make them not qualify already. But again, an elderly person's ability to get down onto the ground and then stand up, that might be an issue. So right. that was well, just I think that, No, that's a... To. It's yeah. super important point and um and I'm really glad that you brought it up because again you do have to be creative because you know especially if, if you're introducing something that's new that maybe your client isn't um isn't they've never done before they're already going to be nervous about it and then now like you you know to like to your point you know you're saying okay let's get on the floor and they're like what well, if i get down i'm not getting back up you know and so so i think you know being creative in you know in in rolling if you are going to do that to your point you know put it on a table maybe even have them roll up against a wall um you know just apply because it's basically right. direct applying direct pressure and i know you know this podcast we're talking mainly about foam rollers i mean there are other tools out there that you could you could use if if approved again by mm -hmm. you know by their doctor that they're safe to use and you know they can do whatever they want um with no no complications then you know that's when you know trainers do need to become creative and there are benefits but to your point you know even 
when you think about it, if, you know, as a trainer myself, I have clients that come in that have multiple compensations in their assessment. And so when you look at the laundry list of ex or muscles that are overactive, if I told my client to right. come in and foam roll every one of those before the session, we would do nothing. Hey, that's why we tell people at home, you know, do your homework, do as much rolling as you can on your own, because the benefit when they come back to see you the next time is going to be greater. And um, just because it right. will over time start to feel good. And, and, um, and again, you're going to start decreasing those compensations by, by gaining that link that you're looking for. Um, but great, great, right. great point. You know, um, you know, one thing I think, you know, obviously is, is a big one about our podcast is why don't we talk about the rollers themselves? Because again, yeah. you see right. <laughs> on the market, you see so many different colors of rollers and lengths of rollers and densities. And like, you know, you're like, oh my goodness, I don't even know where to start. So, you know, if we just start talking truly about just let's, let's start with one of them. Let's talk about the stiffness of one. Okay. So, you know, obviously right. you see some that are white some are blue, some are black, some have PVC pipes, some have little nodules all over right. them, some of them vibrate, you know, and, you know, yeah. so, I mean, I don't know if you want to kind of lead us into, you know, what's the difference between a white one and a black one, you know? <laughs> yeah, so when, when it comes to the roller, and this is this is one of the interesting things about it, is that there, there's, there's going to be something for everybody, right? There's those that have a high pain threshold, they can, they're the ones that can use a PVC pipe, Right. They, they don't need any cushion. They just. All right. Just let's let's go right to it. And then you have those that are like the second they put a, a little, you know, an ounce of weight on there. They're like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing ever. So one of the things that, uh, you know, in looking at this and looking at um, self myofascial um, techniques and, and using and using rollers is that different densities still, you know, whether using like, like you mentioned, the white one, the white one's usually just a, a, a foam, basically it's a foam uh, roller versus something that could be classically like the, 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 the black is a, sometimes it's a pressed foam roll, which is a lot more firm than the, than the, than the, the white ones that we saw very, very early in, in its use in the fitness industry. So I'm just going to pull out here the, this is the, um, uh, Hyperice Viper. So here it's it's a pretty. I mean, it's about they're about five and a half inches in diameter, or so from across, and it does have a little texture. We'll talk texture in a little bit, but this is a pretty firm. This is not giving. There is no there is no give to this one. And I showed you guys the trigger point grid earlier, but here's the thing: it has a PVC in there, which is awesome because it's you know when I when I travel. I'll take, you know, I'll take this as a foam roller, and I like this one because I can shove socks and shirts and underwear <laughs> in here. But just a little, just a, just a little. It doesn't. So if I take this, and I love this, this is what's in my facility. It's taking up this much space. So from a practical standpoint, I'll say that I love, I love this one because I can actually. It doesn't take up that much space because I can put stuff in here. But just a little traveling tip: if you're going through TSA, if you have to fly. The one thing I recommend is do not put like your phone chargers and anything with a cable because when it goes through that x-ray, all they see is a cylinder with wires hanging out. <laughs> so that Good point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, how about this? I, last time I traveled and I traveled with the Viper, they pulled it yeah. out because they didn't know what it was. So do you know how embarrassing yeah. it is for me to tell them that it is a foam roller that vibrates <laughs> and they have no idea what that means. And it's this, you know, this, you know, cylinder yeah. that is, you know, it's very big. And um, I'm like, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, it helps, you know, relax me. And I'm like, none of this is going to sound good. So I'm just going to shut up. However, yeah. it, you use it to, to before you work out and they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> right. Right. And that's uh, Yeah. It's uh yeah and that yeah that, yeah there's you can't go there's nothing you can say that's right nothing no. you can do yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. but the, okay back to the point here with this it's just the fact that it gives right so you have a little bit of give on there so it, it will accommodate you but the other thing and we did talk about I mentioned texture a little bit uh, one of those research articles that that um, um, that Dr. Scott Cheatham and, and, and Dr. Kyle Stull did show that when you have texture, so the thing, the beautiful thing about this is that there, you'll see the grooves in there, right? 
and you'll see the grooves. And what that will do is actually allow um, allow a little bit of density change and and accommodate a little bit more fluid, actually a little bit more flow, I guess, through the tissue. So there is a the texture does matter. So um, firmness is is a, is a something that can accommodate different, you know. Um, levels of, of pain tolerance is one, but the, the the cool thing when you when you look at the the conclusion of the article is that whether you're using the the, the foam, the one that's really really squishy, uh, versus something that's really firm like the uh, like the Viper, all of them shows results, right? All of them showed improvement. So when you let's say I think they were using the quad uh, on the article, but all of them showed improved uh, knee flexion. Right. So to 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 lay prone, have that roller go across your quad and then just follow the techniques that we, we uh, have been talking about. Uh, knee flexion improves in, in all of the cases. It's just now a matter of figuring out, OK, well, which one's going to be right for you? So you have a lot yeah. of options from that standpoint. Well, and, and to kind of touch a little bit more, you know, when we when we really are talking about the stiffness and the texture and everything, um, you know, if you're if you're brand new, if you are brand, brand new to rolling and you mm -hmm. are now going to start to implement and, you know, this into your workout regimen, the white one, like you said, the squishier one, that is going to be easy for you to learn on and it's going to be easier mm -hmm. for you to be able to relax on. Um, you know, the, the problem with that one um, when you purchase it is it's going to break down very, very quickly. And so I think that's also, very you know, if you're quickly. using, if you, it, well, yeah, if you use it, you know, um, hopefully multiple times, um, you're going to notice that it's starting to lose its shape and it kind of gets flat and it, you know, like all of a sudden the center is now caved in. And so that's kind of one of the downfalls yeah. when you, when you go to that one. However, you know, if you can't relax on a roller, you're going to get, you're not going to get the benefits again, because you're, you're waiting for that mm -hmm. relaxation to occur in order to gain those benefits. And so, um, you know, what I tell people is if you're going, you know, and again, they're all different colors. Every company makes them different colors. Some of them are camo and bright pink and orange and some are black and, yeah. and blue. But I mean, if you're looking at, you know, truly kind of like the densities and you're reading up on them, again, the white ones are great to learn on, but they do break down quickly. The medium ones, I would tell people if you're starting, maybe go medium. However, if that doesn't work or even the white one is too much, what you can do is um, you know we keep talking about densities, but think about this. You want to think about the the um, the coverage area. So if if you have one foam roller and it's too much and you can't get to that, you know, like even six or seven, you start out and it's a ten, and you can't get your body to relax on it, then then you're really not doing yourself any good. You're just kind of wasting time. So if you can actually get two rollers and put them side by side the weight distribution right. goes over a wider base. And so therefore you're going to actually get that relaxation. And so therefore you can kind of move your way up. Um, oftentimes people are like, I'm going to buy the, the hard one and stuff like that. And they buy one and they never use it and they never ever use it. And they don't see the benefits because they never got the chance to relax on it and, and see how great they felt after a rolling session. Um, especially if they did right. it before a workout and then again, after the workout and, uh, and, and really kind of, you know, kind of embrace that, hey, this thing really isn't that bad, you know, <laughs> so. Right, um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I want to throw so that I out remember, uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll share a story. Um, when I was still a strength coach and, and with one of the, and this guy was 6'4", 340 pounds. And I kid you not, I literally just opened the box and I pulled out a new, white foam roller and so this guy his calves were as big as my thighs right so i was like all right man here we go let's and i reviewed foam rolling with him and i had him put his calf on there and after one use and you talk about caving in that roller went and i had a big <laughs> dip and, and i just said all right man hey you know i can't use this anymore why don't you just keep it so and, and that's and that's and that's the downfall of that. But I later learned, you know, keep this even if they've been compressed and and they have that little that big old divot in there. Um, that's that is something still worth keeping. So when you have a tender area, let's say like your lateral thigh. So if you're in a, like a side plank position, 
and you want to get the outer thigh, you're laying on your side, let's say I'm laying on my right side and I have the roller coming across the outside of my right thigh, that area can get very, very, very tender along with the lats. So on those typically um, very tender areas, I will save even the beat up rollers um, for those areas because I mean, it, it's kind of like foam rolling on a, on a roll of paper towels after a while. But sometimes with, with pain tolerance in, in that area or that region, that's all a lot of people can stand. So I learned over time just to keep the beat up ones for those tender areas. Because the last thing you want to do is get somebody in their first time on an area that's uncomfortable and painful and then expect them to do that same thing on their own. It's, it's not real. It's not reasonable. So you want to make it as palatable as possible. But if you're using something that's too firm, that's where you're you know, you're, you're more likely to scare somebody off than, than help them realize the benefits of foam rolling. So, so yeah, every, you know, there, there is a place, there is a time for everyone, but it's all going to be, um, you know, up to just trying different ones and seeing which one works best for you. So yep. a lot of options on the market, a lot of options. Yeah. I keep my rollers too, but what I've done is if I get like a, a you know, let's say I've got three or four of them rather than keeping all of them, uh -huh. I'll actually take one and cut it in half and use it as a half foam roller to stand on and do some, some different proprioception type yeah. work um, on, yeah. on standing yeah, and yeah. working on my ankle stabilization. So I'm just going to throw that out there too, but um, you know, yeah. so, yeah. you know, let's, let's, uh, how about this? What about length? Does length matter, Ken? Um, I'll say, no, uh, <laughs> that's a definitive no. Um, well, as far as what you're doing, you just want enough length. So here we have, I think this is a 12 inch roller, right? It's, it's a long one. So it, as long as whatever body part that I'm going to lay on here can get on here, um, that's perfectly cool. You just don't want the, the short, short one, if, especially if I'm trying to get like a big surface area like my quad, um, which, I want, if I'm laying prone on this, my thigh can actually cover quite a bit of this area. So I, I just want enough area that I can cover cover that, that general region. So when I'm talking about my quad, you know, the bigger areas, or even if I'm gonna roll on it, like my, my lats, where if I, if I wanna roll forward or I wanna roll back and get more of that, uh, of, of the shoulder blade um, surface area, that's as long as I need it as long as I need it to be. Now you you have those, like Wendy mentioned earlier, you have the, the three footers, right? And that's good for doing other exercises. Like I can lay on there with, you know, it directly from going from my head to my tailbone. And I can do some, you know, different, you know, physical therapy, rehabilitative type of exercises, but you know, it's not really there for the technique of foam rolling. So you just need enough to cover whatever area that, um, that you're going to, be going over at that point in time so yeah and I mean I to know. your point that's I mean my, I like that's my answer. I, I like the 36 inch ones or like the three footers and and I and you know I, again traveling obviously you'd want the 12 inch because it's easier to travel mm -hmm. with but yeah but you know yeah. again to your point I mean if you do lay with it you know you want it to definitely make sure that your entire spine if, as you said if you're going to lay on it that the entire spine is is protected and and being covered and that way you're not like you know, cutting off and having it, you know, dig into your spine, like yeah. in your lumbar spine or cervical spine. So as long as your whole body can fit right. on it and be protected, you can get a good pec stretch. And like you said, you can do different types of movement patterns, um, you know, while you're stretching and, and getting that, that kind of relaxation, um, you know, but uh, to your point, you know, if you're doing your quads and you're in a prone position and you want to do both at the same time, it can be a way to right. decrease time spent if you don't want to do one, one side versus the other. So I think there's a lot of benefit, right. but you know, on a scientific standpoint, I can't say that, you know, that one is better than the other. It's just, you know, what, what do you have room for? What are you willing to pay for it? And, um, right. you know, and again, just remember too, that, yeah, you know, if you're going to, if you want to have two of them, I mean, it is a bigger surface as well. So some people find it more comfortable, um, especially if you've got, you know, different size mm -hmm. clients again, you know, um, I've got some, some big guys that I work with and, you know, you get a lineman that yeah. come in and you give them a 12 inch roller, they're like, okay, cause their yeah. quad goes over that. And again, it's like, eh, you know, like it's probably not the best, the best option. So, right. so it's important to know your clientele. It's important to know what's, you know, what's going to work best for you as, as well as, you know, the people that you're working with, if you're making this purchase on your own. Um, but, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, so 
They're all they're all great. Um, and I know we right. just we we did now, talk about. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just to say. I mean, when we brought up travel quite a bit, right, mm -hmm. between the both of us, and again, we've we've talked about a roller, but even something like a little ball, like I used to travel with a lacrosse ball. Um, but um, right here, I'm showing you guys the the hyperice the the hypersphere mini, right? So it's something that uh, you know when I was traveling a lot, this I would just put right under my hamstring. And while I'm sitting there on the plane, I can get, oh yeah, that feels good. I got it under my handshake <laughs> right now. <laughs> Actually, I'm just gonna leave it there. But I would put it, you know, I'd get, I'd get that lower outer hamstring. So, I mean, when I get off the plane, I'm not as crushed, you know, when it comes to, you know, sit, sitting for, you know, a two hour flight and, or depending on how far I'm going, a lot more, a lot farther than that. So, you know, there's a lot more, you know, travel, um, travel friendly options when it comes to self myofascial technique. Again, just because we're saying self myofascial technique just doesn't mean that it has to do with the roller. It's any implement that you can use to help the muscles relax. Yeah. And to that point though, Ken, I mean, it, you know, I think it's important to highlight that obviously the smaller the implement, the deeper it's going to go. So not only the hardness, you know, we sure. keep talking about obviously the texture itself, but obviously, you know, if, if you're going to use a ball, it's going to be more pinpoint and it's going to go a little bit deeper right. than if you used a roller. And so, so again, yeah. you know, working your way towards the ball. And like you said, there's certain areas like your adductor magnus and, you know, your pec, mm -hmm. you know, your pec and stuff. I think a ball actually is, is better because it's easier to kind of target that area if you will um it's more comfortable as well um however again you right. you know you have to be the judge of your pain um but right. you know i i love obviously you know um you know the per percussion so you know i think the the mm -hmm. utilizing like the vibration and everything i think though that is fantastic um I'm, i am a big fan of the viper personally um uh, and no, yeah. I don't get anything for saying that, but I just, I really am. I mean, I really, I love, yeah. I love, I do. love, yeah, right. <laughs> but, um, but the thing is, is, I mean, there has been some great research too, talking about vibration therapy, you know, utilized like in the foam roller, for instance. And there, you know, we say the Viper, their foam roller that vibrates is called the Viper. And so that when yeah. we're talking about that, that's what we mean. And, and when you, you know, you showed kind of the example of what that was, but, um, you know, and I know that you, you use it with a, a lot of, well, I use it with all mine too, but I know you use it with your clients and yourself. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, you want to talk about the benefits of the the vibration itself and and what you found? Yeah, just yeah. I mean, just from from reading some of the again some more of the literature, uh, I mean, just to kind of sum it up, is that you know once you start adding vibration in there, again the whole the the aspect of of changing the viscosity and 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 how much friction winds up happening or decreasing friction within the tissue, but also the fact that, you know, it does affect um, interpretation of pain. So the, the pain receptors can actually be down-regulated to where if you get somebody to, to, to get on there, they feel the tenderness, but if, if, you're, if you're affecting how much perceived pain there is and it, their perception of pain is decreased, well, they're more likely to stay on there longer Right. Mm -hmm. So somebody on on a on a on a vibrating piece of, of, of equipment versus one that doesn't vibrate. Well, if I don't feel as much tenderness here, I'm more likely to stay on here longer. Plus the fact that, um, you know, when we when we talk about its, its effects as far as um, relaxing the muscles, you know, there's been more uh, greater. Uh, uh, identified greater increase of range of motion with vibration versus without vibration. So that's, again, now that's, that's a long way from, you know, 1999 and, and, <laughs> you know, or, or, you know, you know, in, in 2000, where we're talking about just foam rolling, now that we have the technology, now that these things have motors in it, right, that can affect the vibratory effect, um, or that can have a vibratory effect and actually help you know how you're perceiving pain and tenderness. Now you're you're more likely to be a a, a, a more compliant client when it comes right. to using that. So and plus, you know, you know, you just feel great. So you, you really don't yeah. have to do much. Let just just let the the, the vibration happen, and, and you're gonna relax. 
Well, and, and to me, it, it, you know, I can get it done in a shorter amount of time because I am able to relax quicker. And I know that's, that's a lot of feedback right. that I get from my clients as well. And, uh, right. and of course, you know, I mean, we could talk on and on about all these different foam rollers and how amazing they are and everything. But, you know, uh, for all of you guys listening and watching out there yeah. too, I mean, if, if you, if you haven't tried it or you haven't really given it a chance, um, you know, there's a ton of different um, techniques out there. There's the, the the holding and marinating, as I say. There's the pin and stretch that can yeah. also get you know a greater you know greater uh, length into that tissue, which will increase again range of motion. There's the all the different rollers out there. There's the vibration component. Um, I know we could probably talk hours on end, but uh, you yeah. know, um, we I think. Uh, yeah. So I, you know, I mean, I guess, I guess the big takeaway for me is, is really just, if you, if you haven't tried it, you need to try it and really give it a chance, right. you know, and, and, and there's some great videos out there, especially, you know, NASM's put, you know, how do you, how do you do the different body parts, check out the videos. So that way you know that you're in the right and correct form. Um, stay off mm -hmm. the cervical spine, stay off of the lumbar spine itself or anything, any actual bony processes, you know, I think that's important to note as well. Um, and I don't know, Ken, if you had any last, last minute words. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, you have to be consistent and there's a mm -hmm. lot of opportunity, um, to, to find time in your day to do it. So whether you're traveling with something, you know, that, that can fit into your backpack or if you have a full on roller, you know, that you keep next to your desk or, you know, it's, it's in your gym bag, uh, find the, find the time. Uh, and it doesn't take long. As you said, Wendy, it's like, you know, you, you spend a, a few moments on there, a couple minutes on there, and that's a game changer for how you're going to feel for the next hour or two when you have this computer or, or even the, the type of workout that, that you want to do for, for that session. So, um, just be consistent and, um, you know, get the whole body whenever, wherever you can. Yeah. Well, this so, has been fun. I'm all right. Yeah, I'm for... sure we're going to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a reason <laughs> to hang out with you, Wendy, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll be there. Uh, so. Any day, anytime. <laughs> so, all right. So let's, uh, yeah, let's do it. And uh, all right. So until next time, we want to thank you on behalf of Wendy and myself. Thank you for spending here. If you like some of the stuff that we're, and especially what we've talked about today, uh, subscribe to Random Fit at wherever you listen uh, to your podcast. So thanks again, everybody, and we will see you next time. Take care.